94.7 Kumu Kokua Because Kumu Cares It's Devin And Sunway And it is Aloha Friday Which means mm-hmm. Lieutenant Governor Josh Green is joining us Yay! Yay! Good morning, hey, sir Good morning, everybody Good morning Great to hear your voices uh, Lieutenant yeah. Governor Oh my gosh It has been a busy week mm-hmm. uh, You know, the release of the uh, the vaccine All that stuff so, so catch us up to date What What is going on? Well, we are we're experiencing what we thought we'd experience, which is uh, a lot of unanswered questions, but in general, success on the vaccine. Uh, the, for perspective, because there's so much attention on it and so much desire uh, from at least large parts of every state to get vaccinated, people won it yesterday. And I think what people have to realize is, and this is certainly not an excuse, it's that this vaccine went from start to finish uh, in production in less than 11 months. And it was only approved by by the FDA for Pfizer on Friday evening, and we ended up getting some of the vaccine on at 8 a.m. on Monday morning. I mean, that is amazing. Now, would I like to get 10,000 instead of 5,000 doses in a week? Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's difficult for us even to get 5,000 shots into people in the first week just because there's so much, well, there's so much um, logistical challenge to do it. But we, we are going to get a ton of vaccine. We we have questions. I think that the paper reported that it could be like 40% less than we anticipated in yes, the first month. Right. I mean, that is, a, that is definitely a could be because we're expecting 36,000 doses from Moderna, which has not even yet been approved. It'll be approved sometime later this afternoon by the federal government. So that that will get approved. I have every expectation. And then they'll begin shipping. Now, whether they do what Pfizer did, which is test shipments to make sure it comes smoothly or bigger shipments, that remains to be seen. But we are preparing, of course, all of our partners, of which there are, I mean, dozens and dozens of partners setting up these closed pods all across our state to vaccinate people. Particularly, the Moderna vaccine is going to be easier to use in other settings like long-term care settings and some of our more rural settings because it doesn't have to be refrigerated in the super cold. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's just a lot of logistics. And I'm proud just to say that we saw Queens and and Tripler and others all vaccinating people now. HPH, I mean, these guys are great, but it, it is a process. And when you're dealing with medications that are in their first first weeks of use, you want to be very careful because you don't want to set the wrong standard. You don't want to send a message that it was done poorly. There have been, you know, there there have been in the across the world in different times mistakes made on vaccines. But that's what caused the Samoa problem that we went and worked on a year ago. You know, people gave the wrong uh, sol- uh, solvent in the vaccine and that hurt people. So you have to be careful and safe. And that's what you're seeing. Okay. Um, you know, uh, I had seen something about people having an adverse reaction mm-hmm. uh, to the vaccine. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it, it, it happens. When, I say, when you say adverse reaction, there are two different kinds of things. You can have an allergic reaction, which is probably what you're des- describing. Mm-hmm. And it's been unbelievably rare. I think there were two in Britain and one in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And people will have, though very rarely, allergic reactions, which is why we have Benadryl available right there. On, and we have the um, epinephrine shots available just in case someone were to have it. But that's like saying um, two months ago, somebody got hit by a car. So we're not using our cars anymore in the state. It's just, it's very, very rare. Meanwhile, hundreds of thousands of people have been out on the road every day. So these things do happen, but but for the most part, the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people drive safely, they go to work safely, they come home safely, and 
that's it. But it can happen. And so when we do these va- these vaccines in a controlled setting, we do it safely. And we are actually, we're pretty much over applying safety because we're also having people wait a significant amount of time after their shots. We're doing them at hospitals first. That was deliberate. Doing doing the 1A category in hospital facilities, that means healthcare workers and ultimately Kupuna, Kupuna who live in long-term care facilities and are vulnerable. These are very controlled settings with lots of healthcare workers around. So we're in the first two, three, four weeks going to be focusing there, and that means that we'll be able to manage and experience any of the problems. Now, a lot of people are going to have some ache at the site where they get their vaccine, although there hasn't been very much. Certainly, people are going to have some muscle aches and um, what we call arthralgias, joint aches, because your body is mounting an immune response. That's a good sign in some ways because that means it's working. But these things will happen. It's certainly not going to it's not going to deter me from getting a vaccine. I think I'm going next week when they invite me over as a, as a physician to do it. And I think people will decide for themselves uh, whether or not it's for them. But over time, we're going to see a decrease in our risk from COVID. I mean, it's going to happen quite quickly. And that's just the, you know, that's kind of, someone asked me what I wanted for Christmas. That's what I want. I want fewer people to catch COVID, honestly. And that, that would be a great thing. Mm. Um, I just want to make sure I understand the math correctly. Uh, they're saying that the state is expecting to receive about 81,000 doses by year's end. Now, when you say 81,000 doses, that doesn't mean 81,000 like of the double doses. So in other words, you have to kind of half that, right? Because you actually have to give two doses. Is that correct? Uh, let me actually the way it will work. This is actually 81,000 doses for 81,000 people for their oh, okay. first dose. Perfect. Be followed by an additional 81,000 doses for that group as we get many more doses for for everybody starting their first shot. Okay. So this is 81,000 doses for the first shot, and I have some good news for you too. It's actually likely going to be more than that because each each tray has 975 doses, and each little vial has five guaranteed doses in it but for the most part those vials have an extra dose and a sixth dose which in some cases people are even seeing a seventh dose in those vials but they are often in fact more often than not seeing a sixth dose in each of the vials so that much might be as much as 20 percent more and we will continue to vaccinate everybody in the 1a category and 1 1b and 1c categories as we go through this first phase of the vaccination uh initiative uh so it's good news. It's it's also something just let me just tell you, if we had had 100,000 doses arrive on day one, we wouldn't be able to give 100,000 doses suddenly. It takes a lot of workers. It takes you know dozens of people to set up these pods and do the intake, get people's information, make sure they don't have allergic reactions, draw up the medication, give the shot, make sure people rest, make sure there's no allergic reaction, which there haven't been any here and so on. So it's not a it's not a simple process. It also requires setting up the facility, doing traffic control, and that's all after it got shipped here successfully, which came after developing it. So I mean, it's a huge lift, but we will get there, and it will get easier each week as we go forward. Once we reach a cadence, which is and this is the goal, every week to on Monday and Tuesday to be receiving vaccination, uh, the actual vaccine from. Pfizer or from Moderna, and then new companies will come on, then it will go uh, directly into people at these multiple facilities. First, it'll be the hospitals and the healthcare facilities, and later it will be public places 
that the cities and counties uh, set up. And ultimately, I do expect some very large vaccination centers, which we'll name once we choose them, where we can have thousands and thousands of people every day come. Wow, that's great. Lieutenant Governor Josh Green joining us here. Um, Lieutenant Governor, could you go over the uh, coronavirus uh, infections for us? Uh, Those numbers seem to be fluctuating kind of wildly. We're getting, you know, three-digit numbers, then two-digit numbers, and people are like, what is happening right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, let me, let me, so we had 142 yesterday, Mm -hmm. which uh, was a little higher than I like. Our average for the last seven days has been 119.9. Positivity rates been 2.55%. Anything under 3% is terrific. We had 110 the day before and 157 the day before that. Um, forgive me, 57 the day before that. Uh, then the day before that, we had 190, but 85 were from Halava. 90 mm-hmm. the day before and 198 the day before that, but 63 were from Halava. So that's why our average for the seven days has been 119.9. If you, if you take out those, I mean, if you set aside those 85 and 63, which was uh, that's 148, over the seven days, our average would be exactly at 100, which mm. is where we've been. And so it's just for consideration. It's neither good nor bad, although I, I always feel a lot better. I'm just, just telling you, like the regular guy, I feel great when it's in the just the double digits. And mm. if we don't gather in large groups over the holidays, and if we wear our masks very uh, effectively and socially distance, we will keep the numbers down. I mean, Maya, my daughter, is, is headed off right now this is a wonderful young woman off over in this case to her school they have not had any outbreak at all no cases they wear masks and face masks and they are very careful about the places they go it's just incredible how disciplined she and her um young young classmates are so it can be done and they're together seven hours a day so if we're diligent we won't have spread i know it's a sacrifice over the holidays christmas new year's i really no i get it i totally get it Yesterday was the last day of Hanukkah. You know, people didn't gather like they normally do in the Jewish community because of COVID. And if we are disciplined like that, we'll continue to be the best state. Now, you know, I'll wrap this comment about the numbers. 142 sounds like it's bad, 110. You have to realize that we are the lowest state in the Mm -hmm. country, you know, 50th out of 50 for cases, lowest. And the next state above us is we're 50% less than them when adjusted for 100,000 per 100,000 people. I mean, our numbers are utterly low while the rest of the country surged like 200 to 300%. Now we still want to have nothing. I get it. Right. We want to be the state that has no cases. So, uh, wow. I really, you know, I think that's what we'll aspire to nonstop, but this is winter time. There are going to be some cases and we just have to be disciplined about our safe travels program, our masking and, each day, a few more people will get vaccinated. Soon it'll be thousands a day. And that will be, that's the game changer. And we'll also have a shorter quarantine period now for travelers coming in from the mainland. Yes. It's been reduced. That's, um, yeah, thank you for mentioning that. I, I appreciate that, someone. It's absolutely true. Uh, the federal government recommended that the, the quarantine period be dropped to seven to 10 days. We chose 10. Okay. Uh, the director of health made that decision. We also have had a pretest, which nobody else has had. They, they're doing theirs in the absence of a pretest, mm. which means they're much more vulnerable than us. But with our pretest, and then if people come in, uh, like if they come in with no test whatsoever, we do 10 days. If we've had the pretest, that's where we give people some leeway. But really, the CDC, what they were saying is after you have traveled, 
after you have returned home, they're recommending that. So these are all extra precautions that we're taking. And so if, say, one of us goes to, um, well, you know, a lot of people go to Las Vegas, right? <laughs> right. Go to Las Vegas and uh, I don't know, I'm kind of raising my eyebrows right now about that just because there's a lot of dense people, you know, people are densely packed around, yeah. around uh, you know, the um, slot machines and stuff. But setting that aside, if you come back, you get your pretest, you're pretty low risk, but it's not guaranteed. It's the return. Upon that return, we would all benefit if you isolated and didn't, you know, didn't do anything but just be in your pod, go to work, wear your mask, and you really should be quarantining if you can. That's the best advice that can be given. Every day we wrestle with this trying to strike a balance. Okay. Out of curiosity, where can people get tests if you are, you know, just nervous because you hear about somebody that knows right. somebody that knows somebody that may have gotten infected, you know what I mean, that kind of thing? Because those rumors keep yeah. going around. Uh, if you're worried at all, is there a place where you can go to get a test? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. We've got, uh, on the website, we've got a ton of trusted testing partners. Uh, it's a mouthful, but have people go to hawaiicovid19.com. That shows all of our trusted testing partners here. All of them will test you. Uh, those are for, for inner island travel, but also just for testing. And if you have any mm -hmm. illness or any symptoms whatsoever, then you know, the regular places, your urgent care, your health care provider, you know, it, it, there's a multitude of ways to get tested. Uh, if you're not symptomatic, but if you have been a close, if you've had a um, kind of a close encounter with somebody, in other words, close contact, I'll remind people what that means. That means if you're uh, with someone who ends up being told they were positive for more than 15 minutes and less than six feet apart, you became a close contact. I really uh -huh. hope you were wearing a mask like we're all supposed to be doing uh, and we do our best. I'm not perfect. There are moments where I slip up like anybody else. But the uh, the best thing we can do is do that, and they'll be fine. But if they don't have any symptoms whatsoever and they didn't have that, then I think they shouldn't worry too much about it. Uh, if they're if they're concerned, stay home for three days and wait it out. Uh, but you know the classic symptoms are pretty you know pretty well described now: mm -hmm. aches, fever. Uh, headache and then shortness of breath is the worst one. If you have that, you have to be seen right away. Mm. And we were working, I mean, when this first started, we worked on this, you know, five to 10 day sort of gestational period for this thing. Is, yeah. is that still yeah. in place where if you go, you know, if you're in contact with somebody, you should be developing something within five days or and three. if you're, you're yeah. or three days and if you're clear of that, then you're like, eh. Yeah, the, um, the, the peak or the, the, the kind of the average, the average, Days to symptoms after catching it is 5.2 days. Oh, 5.2. 5.2. Okay. So in the fifth day, that's when people, on the average, will tend to have some symptoms. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what happened with me, by the way. It was literally the fifth day. Wow. I don't know if it was huh. 5.2 days, but it was the fifth day. <laughs> and uh, so that was very real. Now you could, after just three days, have start having some symptoms, and it could be later. But that's the reason for that 10-day uh because mm. after 10 days the numbers fell off a lot the other reason that they gave us for going down from 14 days was because they were getting very little compliance from people two weeks is an extremely long time to ask someone who probably does not have the virus to isolate and so because of that it's a um you know it's a balance they're trying to strike if people want to be completely responsible don't 
don't go on that trip right now and, mm-hmm. you know, and wait a little bit until you've been vaccinated, which is coming soon, then you're going to have much less risk. But life does have to go on. And I get it. Uh, I'm not sure it has to go on in Vegas, but it definitely has to go on in general. <laughs> Uh, once again, uh, Lieutenant Governor Josh Green joining us here for his his usual address with us. Um, well, I mean, I have to say, my, my father-in-law loves to go to Vegas, and he actually canceled all of his yep. plans because he just said, I, I can't risk it. I don't, I don't want to go. Right. I, but then I think there's another mindset. I actually have a friend who just left to go to Vegas, mm. and um, she is... I guess in her 50s, and she went with her daughter, who's in high school, and her husband, and they went for a wedding. And it was a very, very big, big decision on whether or not to go. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, um, you know, a lot of anxiety about it, but they did decide to go. And um, I, it's it's really tough. I, I also yeah. uh, had a friend mention on Facebook that they, uh, they caught COVID riding on a plane yeah. with somebody. Yeah. Like the person was sitting next to them and then contacted them later and said, hey, by the way, I have COVID. I have COVID. And I'm like, holy smokes. So, yeah, I mean, there's a billion stories like this. I I understand. And sometimes you do have to go. And look, I love Vegas like anybody. You know, I love to play blackjack, honestly. But the the truth is, uh, if you have to go, you just do it right. So if they go to the wedding and they will, they will be smart to wear masks and when they're at the tables, they have to keep a little bit of social distance between themselves and others mm-hmm. for the meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just have to be careful, you know, when they're when they're dancing afterwards. You got you, you just have to protect yourself a little bit. And then uh, they're young. They'll be totally healthy for the most part. When they come back, they'll get the pretest. That right. will show pretty low risk that they would come back. But if we're following all of the advice, then they should also after coming back with their negative test, it still wouldn't hurt to spend three to four days before they really kind of reintegrate into society. And if they're, if they're going to go by the book beyond beyond, you know, don't, don't go out into big groups or anything whatsoever, period. And don't be with others outside of their bubble for the 10 days that the director of health record. These are all sacrifices. But on the other hand, that wedding is probably very important to them. And, they might win a million dollars, too. So. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Governor, uh, just one other uh, question regarding uh, groups and stuff, uh, because we did a news story this morning about the fact that the uh, uh, Department of Health is saying, you know, right. even if you're in a group of five people, you can still spread it. Right. it it's still possible. And that that's actually uh, a spreading event. Is that correct? It's true. Any, I mean, any any number of two or more people that catch it from a group, it's called a, a cluster by the definition. Mm-hmm. Now there was a, um, you know, there was a cluster from a barbecue that was 19 people caught it. So that means a big group of people, probably 40 or 50 people were together and wow. 19 of them ended up catching it because there were a couple positives in the group. The, the problem with some of the rules that are out there right now, for instance, the rule to go to restaurants with five separate individuals. Remember first it was, just five individuals from your own family, from your own household, right. which is nothing. I mean, that's not a risk at all, as long as you don't catch from another table somewhere nearby. But the next thing, the next rule always raised a little bit of a question, which is five separate individuals from five separate, you know, bubbles, essentially, because what you're doing is those five, if any of them are undisciplined and obviously you're eating, so you could spread if you're too close to one another, then you go back to your five households and they can catch it. So it's a, it's a truly imperfect 
solution. Mm -hmm. But we are, again, trying to balance most restaurants doing a great job keeping social distancing. They're, They're doing a great job masking up. And if people do that, we'll get through this. The key is to not go all the way back to where we were in July, where we had these big outdoor gatherings. That was a huge mistake. And we have to keep masking. You know, the the mask wearing rate statewide is at 85%. It was up as high as 88% the week before. Hawaii Island, 89%. Maui, 92%. Honolulu, 88%. And Kauai dipped down to 76%. What will happen will be eventually Kauai, when travelers even start going back there or just their residents go back, it's going to be a big problem if people don't put their masks back on because 76% mask wearing rate, which is probably an overestimation based on what I see and, and I've you know seen everywhere, will mean lots and lots of spread until we're getting vaccinated. So these are the risks we're taking, uh, but we do also have to, you know, we have to go on with our lives. So you'll keep hearing me say this. We've got to strike a balance so that we can survive from a health standpoint and survive economically. Okay. And that Thank includes you. as the vaccine is rolled out. We, we don't let down our guard as far as social distancing and mask wearing. We still continue to do that as people are because the vaccination process is going to take a while before we're. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We have to we have to expect that we will keep strong, sensible rules until we reach critical mass from from the vaccination standpoint, which is till 60 to 70 percent of, of society has a vaccine or has had the disease. And we have herd immunity. Oh. That's the time at which we would, uh, I would expect, relax the mask wearing uh, rules and so on. Now, it will be safer each month, month over month, as long as we don't, you know, as long as we don't blow it. If people get a, a false sense of security and start just going out, we'll see numbers go up a lot, even though 10 and 20 and 30 percent of our society is vaccinated. Right. Because. Remember, we have really little immunity. We've only had a total of 19,732 cases confirmed out of 1.4 million. So that's like we're still we're still well under 2% of mm-hmm. our population with confirmed cases. And we're probably sure there are more people that had it and we never tested them. But maybe we're at 5% total of the state. That means 95% of the state has no immunity yet. Right. And it's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. So in other words, uh, once the lieutenant governor gets his vaccine, uh, he will not be yep. running around willy-nilly without a mask without on. A ma- right. <laughs> and saying, hey, everybody, come over to my house and hang out, because that's not how that works. Oh, I, right. We'll still be, I'll still be, I would say I, I successfully wear a mask about 98% of the time when I'm outside. And, and when you're out there jogging and you're not with anybody, we know you're allowed to not wear a mask. But otherwise, you do your best, you know? And it's, it's something that, I know it can be frustrating for people, but the more mask wearing we do, the better off we are. The more we maintain our safe travels program, the better off we'll be. And eventually, the more we, uh, the more we actually vaccinate, the safer we'll be. Now, I have a lot of people telling me they're so relieved that the vaccination program is far more than those who are against it. But there are people who don't believe in it. That's okay. Mm-hmm. They're going to make their own, you know, personal decision and get vaccinated if they feel later that. It's it's for them. There are some people that are, are very upset about any vaccinations, and I can tell you that they're, they're at risk. They're, they are going to have a lot of extra risk from catching COVID. So yeah. these, are just, these are people's personal decisions, and they're big ones. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, Lieutenant Governor. I actually wanted to give you some of the questions we got from Larry Tamashiro. He asks, do you think we're going to need to take that COVID vaccine yearly as we do the flu shot? Uh, great question. We're going to do 
antibody studies on individuals who got the shots across the world. And we'll find out whether the antibodies that people have, have generated are maintained. The early data is it's much stronger than the flu shot or even people having had COVID. But we're going to get a formal recommendation from the companies and, uh, and the CDC uh, long before the next go around, long before people are a year out. It's going to last at least a year, and I bet you it's going to be two. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, from Anne-Marie Medeiros, can you give some insight on the few anaphylactic reactions uh, should those anaphylactic to peanuts take the shot? Probably not. If, you have a severe, if you've had severe anaphylaxis, you probably should not take the shot, at least not for another um, two to three months until we see exactly what the percentage of people getting severe allergic reaction or anaphylaxis uh, to the shot is. I've only heard of three cases, though, two in England and one in Alaska, personally. Right. And it was, it was sure we'll hear a lot shortness of breath and stuff like that, right? Oh, yeah. Some swelling oh, and shortness yeah. of breath, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, if anaphylaxis technically means a um, systematic or system-wide allergic reaction causing usually difficulty breathing, and it can actually cause all kinds of catastrophic outcomes. But it's extremely rare, and that's why we're doing it the first shot's also at the hospital facilities and long-term care facilities where we got a lot of healthcare people. So if people have had lots of bad reactions to medications, they should be cautious. If they have allergies to eggs and proteins like that, they should be so it's cautious. It's kind of like the flu shot, wait. same thing, right? Because yeah. when you get the flu vaccine, they ask the same thing. It's yeah. a, exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. A lot, okay. of the, a lot of this vaccination is similar to the flu shot in the way it's been approached. Mm. Okay, thank you. Uh, and finally, Heidi Pasco asks, uh, how will travel change as people are vaccinated, and uh, will it be test or vaccination to bypass quarantine? Do you, I mean, she's asking. She's obviously asking if you can, you know, look into the future a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. No, not at all. The recommendation I've made is that, uh, and we'll, you know, I'm going to push for this. That effective February 1st, and I'll I'll keep working on this and give people an update if it gets approved. That effective February 1st, anyone who's had the full complement of vaccination, so they've gotten both of their shots, uh, would then not have to. Uh, adhere to the pre-travel testing rules or the inter-island tra- uh, testing rules, the, mm-hmm. the travel testing rules, because you'd be immune. And so I think that that is something that shows confidence in the vaccination. We should have confidence in it. It's been either 94.5 or 95% effective, depending on the two companies. And why wouldn't we? I mean, that's the very purpose of getting the vaccine is, number one, to keep people from getting sick, and two, from spreading it. So that's what this vaccine does. So therefore, they wouldn't, in my mind, need to, you know, need to take all this uh, testing to travel. Okay. And I, I'm sure that we're going to approve something like that. I don't know what the ultimate date will be, uh, but the the director of health knows that that's what I feel strongly about, and others in the cabinet feel strongly about too. So, you all know, right. that's that's where we are. Awesome. Okay, uh, Lieutenant Governor, do you have a preference? Moderna, <laughs> Pfizer? Does it matter to you? Because you know, saying. Whichever one is closest to me at that moment. <laughs> that's, that's the that answer. That is the answer we were looking for. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to pivot just really quickly. Um, sure. You know, with regards to the, the clinic, is the clinic closed now? Yeah, this is the week it's closing. So oh, okay. uh, they've done a job to keep it open, and it was fully funded by just uh, the private sector. It served a good purpose. It, it served a way for people to go and see a healthcare provider if they were somehow in limbo because they lost their job or the provider was closed because of COVID and that mask, this, that, and the other thing. So it was wonderful. And, you know, there will be lots of projects like this going forward. I can tell you that I think there's going to be a need for this kind of thing in society for the 
for the foreseeable future after all of the just the large changes in our economy and our healthcare system. So people have been generous. My team and I, we were out actually with Salvation Army yesterday. It was great to be with people oh, cool. like uh, like that crowd. And I thank everybody for being so generous through the COVID crisis because, you know, 100, 150,000 people at least went through major changes in their lives because mm-hmm. of COVID. And mm-hmm. we're starting to get some hope back. People are coming back to work and whatnot, but it's going to be stop and start a little bit because uh, each and every one in the government and in business has to make that decision. Can they open up? How long do they have to wait before they would you know, have a point of no return? And also just what their tolerance for risk is, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are going to feel less risk come uh, February when they're, there are a lot of people getting vaccinated, but it's not here yet. So uh, I, I respect anybody's decision right now. If they want to lay low for another couple months, I get it. If they're not ready to send their kids back to school, I get it. My family is, but that's that doesn't mean yours has to be. And once people are vaccinated or most people are vaccinated, then this, this crisis will be pretty much in the rearview mirror. So that's when there's going to be some serious celebrations going on. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm optimistic. Yeah, but we'll, we'll be sad though because you won't you won't be talking to us every week. Then <laughs> talk about other you'll, things. You know, you'll come on and be like, "Well, I, I got nothing." To... All yeah. right, we'll see you later. We all have something, but you guys, will, there will be other <laughs> there will be other key people to, to talk to. I just happen to be in the mix on this vaccine situation. Uh, well, we appreciate you spending the time with us, Lieutenant Governor. Thank you so much, as always, for uh, for calling every week. And Esme will be back next week, so she'll have all kinds of questions because <laughs> she'll have like two weeks right. of them saved up just for you. Okay, so be ready for that. Uh, it might even be Christmas Day. I, you, you guys pick the day and I'll be there for you. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Josh Green joining us once again for Kumo Kokoa. Lieutenant Governor, thank you as always for stopping by. We appreciate it.